0: Scripture reading this evening will be from Ephesians 5:21 through 24. Ephesians 5, 21 through 24. Submitting to one another in the fear of God, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as Christ is subject to Christ, Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Good evening. I invite you to be taking out your Bibles and be turning to the book of Ephesians in the fifth chapter. We will be uh, referencing that passage of scripture often this afternoon we're thankful for those who have come out to be with us to worship God once again this Lord's Day. There may be no word in all of scripture that has come under more attack, that has more misunderstanding, and that conjures up even ill feelings than the word submission. And yet, I think it is one of the most important words that could be found in Scripture. Because I think in, you could make an argument or a case that the word submission is at the very heart of the gospel story and the story of Jesus. In the book of Philippians, in Philippians, the second chapter, In Philippians chapter 2, as the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Philippi about the example of Jesus, he says in verse 5, Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You won't find the word submission there, but you do find the concept, I believe, that he has emptied himself. The word submission, it simply means to yield to someone else. Jesus, he was obedient to the Father's will. It describes our response to God. In James, the fourth chapter, you will find the word. In James, chapter 4, and verse 7 Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We are commanded to submit to God that is our response to the gospel so if you want to sum up the word or, or sum up the gospel in a single word i think the word submission is at least should be considered for that perhaps nothing is more central to our salvation than having that submissive heart and while submission is integral to the story of christ and our salvation it is central in other aspects of our lives. And as we have been focusing a lot of our studies the past few weeks on various aspects concerning the family, in the family structure that God has provided, He commands that wives be submissive to your husbands. In Colossians chapter 3, In verse 18, wives, be subject to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. And I recognize that this may be one of the most counter-cultural demands that comes from God, especially in light of our society. And I was, in in prepping for this sermon, I was doing a little bit of internet research, and I came across this news story, that uh, there was a preacher in the Church of England, he preached a sermon where he advocated, and he just essentially quoted Colossians 3.18, that wives be subject to your husbands. And here were some of the responses to that sermon. And in this news article it said, one female member of the church said she was disgusted, those were her words, by this guy's sermon. How can they talk that way in the 21st century? No wonder the church is losing touch. If this is the kind of gobbledygook they want us to believe, I will not be going back to that church and will have to seriously consider my faith if this is the nonsense they are spouting now. Another member said, What kind of medieval sermon is that? We are not in the 15th century I don't know if I would have agreed with the guy's sermon or not. That's really immaterial to the point. Just the fact that he quoted this verse conjured up those kinds of feelings and sentiments. Hearing about submission, especially wives be subject to your husbands, it's not a popular thing to preach. And I would contend that wives must be submissive to their husbands. And the notion, But I would also recognize that this notion of submission lies at the very core of the gospel and it's something that all of us have to learn in one sense or another. And I think we will see that by the time we are actually more than halfway through with the sermon. Because submission lies at the very heart of God. I want you to think about this with me. As we already pointed out in Philippians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul, he talks about how Jesus emptied Himself. And you understand the idea of submission as just yielding to someone else. It's that I am going to say not what I want, but what they have asked. You think about this. Jesus, God in the flesh, the eternal one who came to this earth, he came being God to do the Father's will. Notice a few passages in the Gospel of John. In John chapter 7. In John, the seventh chapter, I want you to see here what Jesus says. In John chapter 7 and in verse 16. as some of the Jews were angered by Jesus and His teachings, He said this, So Jesus answered them and said, My teaching is not Mine, but His who sent Me. Now Jesus did not come to teach what He desired. He came to teach what God desired, the Father. And He said, I am just one who sent I'm a messenger. You come to John, the 12th chapter. In John, chapter 12. And in verse 49, notice here, Jesus is very clear that he did not come by his own authority. He said, For I did not speak on my own initiative. But the Father who sent me has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. Jesus says that He was under command to speak what He spoke. To teach what He taught. In chapter 14 and verse 24 of the Gospel of John, in John chapter 14 and verse 24, Jesus says here, He who does not love me does not keep My words, and the word which you hear is not Mine, but the Father's who sent Me." Jesus, He was one who taught the Father's teachings. He came to fulfill the commandment of the Father. He was someone who was under the Father's authority. The Father has authority over Jesus. Which is precisely what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. In 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, and in verse 3, notice here what the Apostle Paul says. He says, But I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head of a woman, and God is the head of Christ. That Jesus has someone that He answers to, that He yields to. And I want you to think about all the things about submission that we hear, don't we? That Especially in our culture, in our society. When you have women who are fighting for women's rights, that they want equality... Equal work, equal pay, all those kinds of things that you hear about on the news that get all sorts of coverage and and nice little sayings. And all that is is warranted, but in the religious realm, and particularly about the family, what we have to recognize is that submission has nothing to do with equality. It's nothing about equal nature. Because here is Jesus who is fully God, who is fully divine, who has all the rights and the prerogatives of deity, who created this world, and what does He do? He submits to the Father's will. You see, it's not about equal nature. Submission has nothing to do with equality of nature. In personhood you see this even more when talking about the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit he did not come to seek his own glory in the Gospel of John in John chapter 15 notice what Jesus says about the Spirit and the Holy Spirit is God the Holy Spirit is divine a divine person of the Godhead But in John chapter 15 and verse 26, notice here what Jesus says, When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will testify about Me. Now Jesus is saying, I'm going to send the Spirit. The Spirit is going to come under the authority of the Father and Christ. And He's going to testify and remind you about My teachings. He didn't come to advance His own will or His own teachings. He came to shed light upon the teachings of Christ. If submission is not too small of a thing for Jesus or the Holy Spirit, then I would contend it's not too small for you or for me. Submission is not... We don't mean to suggest that someone is inferior to someone else. People can be equal in their nature and their value, but have a difference in function. I think we can illustrate that in a very clear way, that we are all citizens of the United States of America, but is anyone here the President of the United States of America? Nope. Okay. Okay because he's in Washington, I assume, or Delaware. But he is the one who has chief authority of our country, doesn't he? And we have to submit to him as such. But we're all human, aren't we? We all have the same Human nature, we're all equals in that regard, but we have a difference in function. When the Bible teaches that wives must be submissive to their own husbands, it's not suggesting that wives are inferior to their husbands in any way. Because wives have immense value, but they also have a role that is different than their husbands. Husband's. And submission is something that is required of each and every Christian in some way or another. In Ephesians chapter 5, in Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 21, notice what it says. What Paul says is be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. That is, everyone, every Christian is to be subject to each other that we are supposed to yield to each other. And if I yield to you and you yield to me, then that should uh, allow for a very peaceable relationship. It should allow and promote unity amongst God's people. It doesn't mean that there's not leadership. We'll talk about that some tonight. But that we should have a yielding spirit where we would submit to each other. We all have to submit to Christ, don't we? In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 24, but as the church is subject to Christ, that the church is in subjection to the Lord Jesus, we have elders, and every Christian, every member here at Westside is under obligation to submit to the elders. In Hebrews chapter 13, in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. And as members of the church here, we have an obligation to submit to the elders. We have an obligation to submit to the civil government, don't we? In 1 Peter chapter 2. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 17, honor all people, love the brother here brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. We have to give honor and we have to submit to those who are in governing authorities in the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 13. In Romans chapter 13 and in verse 5. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience's sake. And we have an obligation to be in submission to the civil government. At being a member of the Lord's church, it requires a life of submission. And submission, generally speaking, is not based upon someone's gender. I think that's an important thing that we need to recognize. And while in marriage God has assigned particular roles to husbands and wives, submission in and of itself is not just a women's issue. Men must learn to be in subjection as well. And I think, men, if we pay attention to this right here in this particular point, we'll be better leaders and we'll be better husbands if we can appreciate that fact. But what is submission then? Especially and in particular within marriage. Well, submission is not blind obedience. It's not fearful acquiescence. Instead, it is a position of strength that trusts in God's ways. Submission is not cowering. It's not subjugation. It's not subservient or second class. Submission is not inferior. Submission is not degradation. It's... Not non-assertiveness or non-confrontational. It's not indecisive. It's not even indirect. It's not flattery. It's not manipulation. Submission is not peace at any price. If that has been our concept of submission, then I think we need to rethink it from a biblical perspective. And if there have been sermons that have tried to make submission sound like that, then I apologize. Because submission, while it still may be perceived as an offensive idea to many people, we need to understand that by this point, hopefully we have dispelled any notion that the issue of submission is based upon women being lesser than men. Or that it comes from a misogynistic viewpoint since men are to learn submissiveness too in various roles and capacities. And hopefully we've dispelled this notion that wives and women are less valuable to the kingdom of God. We could point to several different passages of Scripture where we find that women are workers within the kingdom. That there are, like the Apostle Paul mentions in Philippians chapter 4, a few women who are workers in the kingdom, and he acknowledges them. In the book of Romans, in the 16th chapter, he acknowledges several women who are involved in ministry with him in some capacity or another. It's not that women have no value to the kingdom of God. And so we need to understand that. But now that we can understand and maybe appreciate some of that, now we need to really understand what submission requires. Submission is about God's plan for the family. As we studied a few weeks ago, Psalm 127. In Psalm 127, in verse 1, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. That the schematic, the plan, the architecture of the home, of the family as God wants it, we have to go to God's Word for that. And God, submission is about God's plan for the family. It's not a punishment for sin. I've heard people suggest that. Going back to Genesis chapter 3, Eve sinned, and so now because of that, women have to live in subjection the rest of their lives to their husbands. I don't buy that because if you notice in 1 Timothy chapter 2, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, what Paul says is that submission is actually grounded in creation, in the order of creation. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, and verse 11, he says, A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness, but I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. Why? In verse 13, For it was Adam who was first created, and then Eve. Here it's not even about the gender, of that it was a, a man first and then Eve. It's about that... It's about the numeric order that God created. Submission is grounded in the creation itself. And if anything, in the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 17, that when Adam and Eve sinned, the blame was God put it at Adam's feet. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 17... It says, then to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat from it. At Adam, he abdicated his responsibility as a husband, as the head of his wife. He wasn't the kind of leader that he ought to have been, and that is why sin occurred. But submission is attacked by the world, isn't it? We have God's model for the home that would require submission, but what do you hear people say? People say, Well, I'm just afraid I would submit to submit to him. I'll be his personal doormat. Submission is not about domination. Or someone might say, well, I saw my mother was so abused by my dad I can't let that happen to me. I would submit to you that submission should be based on trust and love, not power. Submission requires that men be men, but a specific kind of man, a godly man. I find it so sad whenever... Wives might say, I don't trust his ability to make decisions and the right decisions. And he won't do what needs to be done, so I have to take control. Or sometimes people just have the attitude, I don't want anyone else telling me what to do. Yes, submission does require that you yield and release control. And that can be challenging at times. But the question of submission is about the role in which God has suited us for. And there is great beauty in submission. You might think, why would a wife be submissive? I think it comes down to that's her responsibility. That's what God has commanded of her and expected of her. In Ephesians chapter 5, in Colossians chapter 3, and in 1 Peter chapter 3, you have the same idea communicated in all three of these passages. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. And it's in particular in this passage in 1 Peter that I want to give some attention to at this moment. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1 Peter says, In the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives. And then he goes on in verse 3, talking about her adornment, that she should not be focused just on outward appearances and that your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in former times, the holy women also who hoped in God used to adorn themselves being submissive to their own husbands, Just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you have become her children, if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. A godly wife submits because it's her glory, it's what brings and shows her beauty. Submission does that, not domination. Domination is ugly, it's abusive. But submission shows beauty. The hidden person of the heart who has that imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit. You continue on in verse 7. When Peter then addresses husbands, you husbands in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she is a woman and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. That you show her honor, that you have something immensely valuable there as a husband. in a wife who is submissive, and he's saying, you don't abuse that. You don't allow that power to go to your head. You don't allow that position of authority to go to your head. You treat her with honor. A godly wife submits because it's her joy. It's what her Lord wants her to do. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. It's what the church does towards Christ out of loyalty. When a husband is loving and attentive and sacrificially gives himself for her, then it should become a joy for her to submit to her husband. A godly wife submits to her own husband. Not someone else's husband, but to her own husband. And a godly wife submits because she loves God. I think the biblical picture of submission is not one of weakness. Submission is strength that chooses faith in God and trust in others. She might trust her husband to serve and sacrifice on her behalf so that her husband can sort of become a conduit of God's love in the family. That's what submission is. A submissive wife trusts that God is going to work through her husband in her life. And of course, we know there are challenges to submission. You know there are things that are going to be hard, because sometimes that husbands aren't always what they ought to be. Sometimes they fail in providing for their wives. But a godly wife will gladly submit to her husband when she sees her husband loving her, caring for her, providing for her, and sacrificially loving her just as Christ loves her. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25 He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. In that one flesh relationship between a husband and wife, a husband needs to be caring and alert and attentive to his wife's needs. Because her needs are... Enveloped into His needs. They should be concerned for... He should be concerned for her. Providing her what she needs. And as we are all called to submit in various ways, it is an act of faith that God is going to work through various people and authorities in our life. We submit to the elders because we trust that they will use godly wisdom and strength in leading us in the direction that we need to go, in a godly direction. We trust in that. We live under God-given authorities, trusting and praying that they will lead us in the the way that we ought to go. That's why we're supposed to pray for those who are in authority over us. And we must learn to sacrificially submit to others out of reverence for Christ. We have to choose to please others rather than seek our own way. That can be hard. That can be a challenge. That's why submission is certainly not weakness. It is an act of courageous strength and faith. In what God would have us be. But as I alluded to, there are obvious challenges to submission. And that might come from hard-headed husbands sometimes. In Proverbs chapter 31, there's the description of the virtuous woman in Proverbs chapter 31 and in verse 28 at the close of that chapter it says her children rise up and bless her her husband also and he praises her saying many daughters have done nobly but you excel them all charm is deceitful and beauty is vain but a woman who fears the Lord she shall be praised praise your wives You have a wife who submits and is loving and is attentive and fulfills her role, you recognize that. And then husbands don't be tyrannical and abuse your authority. You watch carefully, and you care for your wife. In First Peter chapter three and verse seven, the language that is used there, that you show her honor as a weaker vessel I don't think that means that I don't think Peter has at at all in mind physical strength I don't think that's what Peter's concerned about there That because I'm sure you can get on YouTube and probably find some women who can lift more than me in terms of weight (laughs) Uh, it's not about physical strength that's not Peter's point What Peter is suggesting is that she's a weaker vessel because she's precious. You think about your fine china, how precious that might be. If you get a chip or a crack in it, you might cry, you might weep because it might be a family heirloom. It's easily broken, right? That's why husbands have to show honor to their wives. Don't be abusive, don't be tyrannical, or abuse that authority that you have. Watch carefully over her as she is precious and valuable. But we also need to learn, husbands, from the failure of Adam. He listened to the voice of his wife. That's not saying that women give bad advice either. If you've heard anyone say that, then hopefully they were just joking. But what the point is that men need to be men. Men need to step up and lead their homes. They need to lead. They need to be leading even if it makes you unpopular in your own home. That's what God expects. Then there is a question that has come up more recently by brethren. I've seen it in nearly all the popular kind of literature about marriage and those kinds of things. talking about mutual submission that the wife yes she is supposed to submit to her husband but husbands also have to submit to their wives and i think I'm trying to give some benefit of the doubt to some people i think i understand what they mean if they're using it in the same kind of way that i might use that language but if they are coming from an egalitarian understanding of Scripture and women's roles, and that is where they just want to do away with the hierarchy. They want you know submission and headship that it just really means there is no leader. Egalitarians argue that equality in nature leads to equality in function. And so husbands and wives, they're on... Completely equal plane, not just in human nature, but also in function as well. If that's what we mean by mutual submission, then that is completely unbiblical. Because what Paul says is, wives, be subject to your own husbands. For the husband is the head of the wife. The husband is charged as the head of the family and of his wife to lead. I don't care much for the the language of mutual submission. But if, if what someone means by that is that a husband is attentive to the needs of his wife and listens to her, and offers himself sacrificially as Christ does the church, and that wives would submit to the decisions and the leadership of their husbands. If that is what they are trying to express, then I think there might be maybe some better ways to express that. Let's just try saying what the Bible says, wives be subject to your own husbands, and husbands be the head of the wife. We just need to use more biblical language there. Then what submission may require is endurance, even in the face of suffering. I want you to turn to 1 Peter with me. In the book of 1 Peter, Peter, he writes a lot about suffering. And he talks quite a bit about submission. In 1 Peter 2, and verse 18, Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. Slaves, he says, you have to be submissive to your masters. The good ones and the bad ones even if it means hardship for you yes there may be some suffering involved but you know what if you are called to submit even in suffering you're on you're in pretty good company you keep going just a few verses in t- verse 21 For you have been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in His steps. Who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in His mouth, and while being reviled, He did not revile in return. While suffering, He uttered no threats, but kept entrusting Himself to Him who judges righteously and he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his wounds you were healed. You see what it says there in verse 23 that he, even though he was reviled he didn't revile in return. He did not utter threats. Submission may require enduring some suffering and some pain. Mike come from clenching your jaw so tight that you don't say anything. (laughs) In chapter 4, in chapter 4, it says, But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. You skip on down to verse 19. Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful Creator in doing what is right. Yes, sometimes we must endure suffering. As as people in submission, there may be some elements that come along with that that are not so pleasurable. There may be things that Decisions that are made that you don't agree with. There may be things that you have to do or don't do that you don't always like. Submission may require some endurance. I also want to be clear about that. That does not mean you have to submit to physical abuse as... I hope that I've been clear about submission is not about cowering it's not about submitting in fear it's not about being abused authority is not about domination God hates violence and physical abuse is illegal, and help can be found through civil authorities and church leadership. And what God wants, if there are those who are in physical danger, God wants you to find safety. In Proverbs chapter 27, in Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 12, It says, A prudent man sees evil and hides himself. The naive proceed and pay the penalty. And if you see or sniff danger in the home, and if husbands are being abusive of their position, they're not doing what they ought to do. Seek some safety, seek refuge in that situation. As God hates violence, and he wants you to find a place of re- refuge, wisdom would dictate that you hide yourself from danger. Submission doesn't require that you go through that. Submission Genuine submission is a very beautiful thing, though, because it shows your disposition to honor God, to serve your family, to love your husband. Genuine submission, though, is only possible when you have first yielded yourself to God through faith and humility with a Christ like spirit you can learn submission to your husband your government your church leaders whoever it might be each and every one of us have to learn to submit we all are required to submit to Christ the question that we must each answer this evening is are you going to submit to Christ tonight if you have not surrendered your life and your heart to the lord and we want you to do that tonight will you become a christian surrendering your heart yielding your life to follow jesus If we can help you in some way tonight, would you come now as we stand and as we sing?